So welcome on in to the next episode of Cruise Talks. I'm your host, Fidel Cruz, or also known as Just Cruz. Today we're going to be talking about the transitioning out of the military. The last episode, it took a bit, it took a lot out of me. Uh, I think it was something that everybody can relate to. You know, mental health is a serious issue and it needs to be spoken about and I'll continue to speak on it and it's something you're going to keep on hearing throughout this podcast and throughout these videos and these shows that I continue to make. Questions are going to arise through guests and just personalities and just different people where we're going to speak on the issue and we're going to try to get to how we can help veterans and how we can help people in the military that are still active duty get better, get better mental health and take care of themselves. So going forward, Transitioning for me was a interesting story, I guess you can say. It's not the same transition for everyone. A lot of people go through different things, different situations. Some people are moving from overseas, in my case. Some people are moving from state to state. Some people are just moving from the same state they already reside in, or they might choose to stay in that state. The functionality is different depending on who you talk to, where you are, what you know, what you don't know, and who you know. Transitioning out the military can be a hard decision and a hard, well, how can you say it? A hard decision. It's just basically a decision, I would say, because you don't know what you're going to do next. Uh, it's uh, unexpected, unexpected territory. You've never been there before. You've been spending the last couple of years of your life in the military. In my case, I spent the last 10 years of my life in the military. I have no idea what being a civilian is like. I have no idea how the workforce is, how it is to be outside and not be under supervision, not having certain rules, regulations that you have to follow. The fact that I can actually put my hands in my pockets now, nobody will yell at me for it. Hey, it's a different thing. Some people, it takes a while to get used to being free, I guess is the best way of putting it. Not everyone has that advantage. Some people are just so stuck in their ways with the military. Best way to say is, they get institutionalized by the military. They grow into it. Some of these people are just brand new adults. They haven't experienced life. They don't know what life is. And the military can sometimes make it a difficult part to the life when you're transitioning out because you're so used to the military providing for you. You have the ability to have housing. You have all your barracks. You have a defect where you can go. Food is always made for you on a daily basis or food is provided for you electricity is paid for water is paid for your uniforms you get a stipend yearly just to replace clothing sometimes you replace it sometimes you don't a lot of people don't waste their money on actual clothing it's a give or take situation in that perspective but you at least get that in the civilian world that doesn't happen you don't get a yearly stipend like hey you need new clothes. You need new shoes, new running shoes, new boots, new work boots. Some jobs do do that. Most jobs don't. Most jobs, you get a salary and you can get a pay raise off of the work you do. With the military, it's depending on your rank. So transitioning has different factors 
And especially the move, you're uprooting your family yet again. Depending on the size of your kids, the age of the kids, it matters a big difference. Some kids are halfway through high school. Some kids are about to finish their last year in high school. That's a big transition when you have a kid that's about to finish school and then you end up uprooting them on their last year as a senior to a brand new school where they don't know the teachers, don't know the curriculum, don't know anyone really because they're starting new. So it's a big transition when it comes to that. In my case, I knew ahead of time I was going to get out the army. I, had, I gave myself a year's worth of time. Most people don't do that. Most people don't think ahead that way. A lot of people think of it as, hey, I'm getting out the army. I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this. Uh, my leadership sucks. I don't spend enough time with the family. Uh, I don't think I get paid enough or I can get paid more in the outside world. And it's different situations, different scenarios where you don't really have a plan and it's mostly winging it. But sometimes you do have a plan and you do have steps that you take in order to proceed and have something set up for yourself and your family. In my case, my decision was made when I purchased my first home. Uh, it was a decision made between me and my wife and we decided, and I decided also, basically that, hey, if I'm deciding to buy this house, this is going to be the main reason why I leave the military. Due to the fact that if I buy this house, I want to be able to live in this house. I want it to be able to grow in the house. I want to be able to spend time with my kids in this house. So once we decided that we were going to purchase a home, I knew from then on I had a year left in the military. My ETS date was set for November 19th of 2022. That's when I was supposed to leave. I had a whole bunch of leave days accrued due to COVID, which was a big factor not taking much leave because we had four day passes monthly so it was no need to use my vacation days i kept on accruing them till they got to that point so it allowed me to be able to transition out of the military in august of 2022 since i had so many days of vacation or leave as we like to call it in the military so it takes time to adjust knowing that hey you're leaving almost three months ahead of time. So now that backtracks the time I have to prepare to transition out of the military. Now I only have nine months. Most times you get the year mark or you get the 18th month, month mark. And that allows you to start the process, which is the soldier for life process, which is a mandated by Congress program which makes every soldier, when they are about to exit the military, they have to go through these classes. Now, are these classes the best? Unfortunately not. Do they provide information? Yes. Is it all helpful? No. Does it prepare a person to be on the outside world? No. Most of the information is information as how you can get jobs, resume building, uh, employment factors so they do offer a lot of things but some things they don't go in depth into one thing being dealing with veteran affairs that's one topic that we'll get into in a later episode where we'll talk about the issues ongoing where a lot of soldiers don't know what's going on a lot of soldiers don't 
file the claim. It's an entitlement that they have. It's something that they earn through their time of service. And a lot of soldiers just don't know what's going on. There's many of soldiers, even from the Vietnam era, that don't know that how to file a correct claim. Or they didn't file a claim thinking, oh, I'm not going to get anything. If you have an ailment, you're hurt, something's been hurting or something got hurt while in the service, you can notate that and you can make a claim for it. And that's one thing with the transitioning thing. I paid attention to that class a good amount, but it didn't provide you the information that you really needed. It gave you how to do it, but what were you supposed to file? Gave you the filing form, but what ailments? How do I put the ailments? Do I put them separately? Do I put them combined? Do I just say my back hurts? Or do I say my upper back hurts, my lower back hurts? Those are things that don't get explained. Another thing is, is you have the VA loan. They don't explain to you with the VA loan that you have multiple facets on how to reach purchasing your first home. There's many programs, many lenders. They go into it, but they don't give specifics. A lot of it is a generalization where I think certain specific experiences could help soldiers know and maybe ask better questions because they find out what's going on and how they have to go forward with it. But transitioning isn't for everyone. Some people get kicked out of the military. Some people leave gracefully. Some people retire. But at the same time, classes are done for you. But it's a planning process. You have to plan for schooling, household movement, household purchase. Where are you putting your stuff? Where is it going to? Do you have a home? Are you shipping a vehicle? Are you buying a new vehicle? The different scenarios and the different things that are ongoing with this process is very daunting to a certain extent where you don't think you have enough time with the time they give you. Because at the same time, yes, you are exiting the military. People know you're exiting the military. It doesn't mean that those people are going to try to assist you in moving out of the military. You still have your training exercises. You still have requirements that are due. You still have to do your physical fitness test. You still have to meet all these requirements while going to a firing range also within those nine months, even though it's been noted that you are about to leave the military. So that cuts into your time even further. So let's say a person is in a training exercise that's a month long. Now you're down to eight months. Got to keep in mind, people don't work on the weekends. Some do, but the people you're going to deal with that you need the signatures from, which is the civilians, the DOD civilians that work on post that need to get you those signatures, they only work Monday through Friday. And they have their certain schedule. So if you can't make it during that certain schedule, you're running into an issue also because you just can't make it. Now, what are you supposed to do? That's less days. So now eight months, you can cut it down to almost seven months. So now you have seven months to prepare. You don't get your official orders too clear, basically to start the process, to like about six months prior to the information. So you knew you were getting out a year 
ahead of time. You have classes you have to take. You still have all the training, all the exercises, all the requirements, and all the. You, you still have your job. You still don't have the paperwork to do anything till six months out. And then from six months out, that's when you really have to start planning. In my case, I knew I had my vacation time, so I knew I was ahead of the game because I had that much time, so I was leaving early. But that still leads to planning because you still have to plan out when you're leaving, how you're going, who's going, what you're doing, what you're driving. And it's a different experience for depending on who you are, depending on your rank also. Because if you have some rank with you, you kind of have an easier go at it where if you need to make an appointment or you need to go to an appointment, you don't get bothered as much. But when it's a lower enlisted, sometimes they don't get afforded that same availability. So they may even get less time to prepare to make this transition out of the military. And for some of those kids, because I, I would call them kids, they're adults, but to me they were kids. Some of them didn't know any better. Some of them left home at 18, did the military for three years, four years, five years. All they knew was the military as an adult. They don't know what it's like to pay bills. They know how to pay for their car, pay for the phone bill. They never paid for rent never paid for food, never paid for electricity. These are different things that some soldiers are not aware and it's not understood as much. One thing with transitioning is the homelessness of veterans. I had a my own recruiter, my own recruiter right now works with Veterans Affairs. And he tells me that one of the biggest things and the biggest issues is homelessness within the veteran community and veterans not knowing the benefits and the availability of them getting homes or a place to stay at because they're veterans. That's something that doesn't get explained. They do ask, hey, are you by any chance going to become homeless? I don't think anybody in their right mind says, yeah, I think I'm going to be homeless. Because the plan is, is, hey, I have my GI Bill. I get BAH, which is the basic allowed um, housing assistance. I get that monthly. So if I go to school, I'll get a check every month. That should be able to help me pay for stuff. That's depending on the locality of where you are, depending where your school resides. You can go online schooling, but you get only a portion of what you're supposed to get. Or you go in-state, in-person, and you get the full amount. So let's say I were to go to the state of New York. In New York City, for the locality, the BAH rate monthly would be about $3,700 a month. So that would mean I'm going to school in New York City and receiving $3,700 a month, which is basically going off of cost of living. Now, if you live in New York City or you've lived, me being from there, kind of know the area and I kind of know where to stay and where to maximize my money in order to make it ahead. But if you don't know how to do that, you might lose out on a lot. You might be trying to scramble day to day while also trying to find a job. Now, that's another thing, finding a job. Some 
jobs in the military just don't translate. They don't translate as easy as some. Some do translate well, some don't. A lot, you can't really do on the outside in the private sector unless you decide to go contracting, which a lot of military personnel do, which they will go overseas and they'll get paid very well, may I add. But some situations might be in a perilous situation or a combat area or dangerous area. But not everybody wants to do that. Some people want to just get a regular job. They've done their job in the military, but it doesn't translate. For me, I was chemical. I got a couple of certifications here and there, basically with hazardous materials, handling them, uh, moving them, dealing with them. Uh, so that gives me some opportunity in certain jobs. You have logistics, where 92 Yankees... You have 92 Alphas, which work in warehouses, also logistics. You have S1, or our 42 Alphas, which are human resources. That translate. You have our 25 series, which is basically working with internet, computers, networking, C++, Security+, all those stuff. That transfers over also, but sometimes being a... Bueller, 92 Fox, doesn't translate as well. 92 Whiskey, Water Dog, or Water Treatment, doesn't give you a vast amount. Certain jobs give you vast amount, like even my job, doesn't give me a vast amount. It's a more sectioned off work area I can get into, but it is available. Now, compared to the other jobs where it's booming, not the same. Our combat arms, those guys, sometimes they have it more difficult. Why? Because they can become police officers or they do the contracting. It's not much where you know how to defend a group or move in a movement, fire weapons. Sometimes in a civilian sector, it's not seen as an important thing, uh, even though, you know, Sometimes the United States can be a bit gun-happy at times, uh, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just when it's used properly and safely, there's no issue. When we have the issues of the shootings, murders, and stuff like that, that's when sometimes you have to look back and take a step back and look at it like we might need some sort of reform. But that's a whole other topic. But like I said, transitioning out of the military for me, it took some time. I didn't have a vehicle, and I had a vehicle, didn't have the vehicle, lost the vehicle, got this vehicle impounded, vehicle got out of the impound, then I had to turn it back in because I couldn't. It, it was a whole mess. Let's just say I no longer have that vehicle. That was dealing with it in Germany. Because um, rules are different in Germany. You don't get the same stuff. So I transitioned out of the military from Germany. Germany hours are different. A lot of the civilians there were German. They did speak English, which wasn't an issue. It was just that the availability and the regulations, how they have them overseas, were slightly different than how you would deal for something in the States. So dealing with that vehicle ordeal, that alone took me some time where appointments weren't available. 
you were still dealing with the COVID situation. So with COVID, most stuff was like by appointment only. So before, you would be able to sit, wait in the hallway. A bunch of people might be there an hour or two, but you could wait, you get a walk-in, you get a spot, you walk in. It became all appointment-based facilitating. With that came issues. Appointments were stretched out for far. Some people got the vaccine, some didn't. Some couldn't leave because they got the vaccine. Some could leave because they did get the vaccine. That draws into it. Even though you're exiting the military, you have people that are still just transitioning and moving from one base out from Germany to another location, whether it be in the States or another overseas location. Those are people you still have to have in line. Those are people you're still waiting for. Those are people that make appointments also. So you're competing with these people when there's no sectioned off like, hey, you're ETSing out of the military. There's a whole separate office. Everybody gets mixed in. So whether you're PCSing, which is a permanent change of station, or you're ETAs, ETSing, which is... Uh, Early termination of service, I think. I have to get back on y'all on that. Uh, I'm not sure. I know I got out. I best believe a lot of the my mind was dumped. And a lot of information was just dumped out when it came to what I did in the military, what I dealt with in the military. But exiting was a big deal for me. I wanted to make sure I spent the time with my family. Wanted to make sure I spent the time with my daughters, being able to grow older and watch them grow watch them mature be able to take them to games be able to take them to the park be able to pick them up and take them to school a lot of soldiers don't get that ability a lot of soldiers don't get the time to spend with their kids um, time becomes difficult when you're in the military at times because you're trying to manage your work your life, your kids, yourself. And it's a big transition when it's like you're not used to doing the things you were doing. Me, I, it felt weird not waking up to make a formation. It's amazing. I get to sleep in. Not really. I still got to take the kids to school, still make them breakfast, get them ready for school, take them to school, bring them back. But it's something I wasn't afforded to do before. I didn't have the option to do it because I was usually up way before they were, came back to get ready to head back to work. By then, in that meantime, I wasn't able to take them to school without cutting it close or having those options, depending on where you are. Some people have the availability, some don't. But I can tell you this much. A lot of the mornings when I wake up, and I take my daughter to school. It's not a lot of people in uniforms I see. It's a lot of spouses. So that's something to think about also. Some have families where it's dual parents. Some is just single parents. They got to manage getting out of the military and dealing with the different situations. But I bet you a lot of them do understand and are grateful for the fact that they get to spend that time with their family. 
It's a different situation when it comes to your single soldier exiting and your family person exiting. From my experience, I had to do the family. It was kind of on the single side because I was by myself in Germany, but it was still in regards to my family because I still had to make sure I packed my stuff, prepared my stuff. If I needed anything or if I needed any documents or stuff had to be uploaded for them to make sure I had my records in place in order to take care of myself and my family on the transition out. Paperwork still has to be filed, whether they're there with you or not. You have to put, hey, these people are not there. They won't be there. They won't be part of that trip. They were there on the trip coming, but then they went back. Different situation. When you're a single soldier, you don't really have to worry about, I got to make sure the kids is okay. Or I got to leave with the kids. Got to make sure their flights is good. Oh, we got the cat. Or we got the dog. Those are also factors going into changing and getting out the military. You have to have all that planned. You have to make appointments for it. And it takes time. Fortunately, it takes time. It's also the fact that I'm older. I got out at the age of 37. Some kids get out at the age of 21, 22, 23. They haven't experienced the workforce. They don't know what it is to be on the outside. Like I said, planning for college, planning for a place to live. Hey, if you're going back to your mom's house or your dad's house or the family home, you, you have something set up. But the thing is, is a lot of people don't have a plan when it comes to it. And planning is the biggest phase, even while in the military. Planning is the most essential part of any mission, any task. Your task now is to become a civilian. You don't know what a civilian is. You never had the experience. You went from being in Germany where you can drink legally at 18 or younger. I believe it's 16 if you have parents' consent. But you were drinking at 18 legally. Now you're going back to the States. You can't buy alcohol. Well, by the time you come back, you will be. But you already got a head in life doing stuff that you wouldn't have been able to do here. That's if you get stationed in Germany. If you get stationed anywhere else, rules still apply. But that's a big transition. You went from driving here, there, where there's no speed limit, to now going back to driving in the States where there is a speed limit. If you get on the Autobahn, certain sections of it, certain areas, it's as fast as you want to go. Here, you can't do that. That'll be jail time. And your car will probably be impounded also. That's something to think about. The kid won't know any better. He was like, hey, this guy's trying to race me. In Germany, you're on Autobahn. They trying to race you. Most likely, one of those German cars is going to fly right by you. Here in the States, it's probably going to be a Mustang or a Camaro. Probably going to be a soldier in it. Trying to rev it up. And then they're going to get stopped. Get arrested. Have a big issue with, at work. It's a different story. Different scenarios. You have what you did in the military. And now you have to bring it out to... The civilian sector. Like I said, now we have housing, schools, 
bills. Those are things that are not accounted for. Those are things that the military does not do. Because if you need financial help or assistance, you have to search out for it. That's something I think it should just be mandated the same way they do the equal opportunity training and the sexual harassment training. Financial training should be the same. Because a lot of soldiers while they're in have no knowledge of financial awareness or how to pay their bills or how to manage a budget. Now you're sending them back into the world with no idea. So that three grand you were making in New York City, they have no idea how to budget that. So they're going to think, oh, I got this amount. I'm going to put all this money into where I'm going to live. Oh, you know what? I could buy a really nice car now and pay it off. Budgeting isn't there. You were in the military. All you had to do was pay for your car and your phone. You were taken care of. It's a big difference. Now with me, my family, I said I had a plan. I've been following that plan. Since I bought the house, I had a plan. Started saving up extra from check to check. Didn't expend as much. Made sure I knew where I was going to. I already had the house. I was already moving over there. So I already knew where I was going to go. My family was there ahead of me. So that was already situated. Now as for a vehicle, we had a vehicle already where the home was. So I was just trying to make sure that that vehicle that I had in Germany was not on file anymore or wasn't on the record. So I just sold it off. But not everybody has that availability. Not everyone has that time. Because I had the time to be able to go and take care of that vehicle. Some soldiers don't. Some soldiers think, oh, I'll just do it. The week before, I got this. I fly out, what, Tuesday? Uh, I'll get everything done Friday. Next thing you know, come Friday, all those offices were closed. Some draining or something. They came up with something. They couldn't help you. Now you're scrambling on the day before you fly out trying to fix stuff. It happens a lot. There's many times where I've seen soldiers are supposed to leave within the month. They're supposed to have that time to start prepping themselves, preparing their documents, getting stuff ready to exit the military. And sometimes they try to send them out to the field. Like, oh, he can make it to the field. He still has time. And it's just like that goes unchecked in the military at times because... It's commander's discretion. But I think that's bullshit. Because I really do think if they're afforded that time, they should get that time. doesn't matter what their rank is. They did their time. might not be as much as you did, but they did their time. If they want to exit the military, hey, it's not for everybody. Not everybody wants to do this. Not everybody wants to kiss ass. I didn't kiss ass. Some of y'all do. That was just directed at certain people. They know who they are. In the military, you have hard workers. You have shit bags, as the military calls them. You have those that ride the wave. And you have those that ride under the wave. Not all of them deserve the grace they get. And not all of them get the time that's needed. And that's something that needs to change. Because transitioning out of the military is a difficult situation.
It's not as easy as, as is proclaimed. And there's always that negative connotation that people want to give when you're exiting. Like, oh, you're just weak. You can't deal with the military. We can do without you. Hey, have at it. But that doesn't mean that that person should not be afforded the time to take care of themselves and prepare themselves. Switching out is a, it's a, it's a big deal. You don't get to do the things you do. And then you see the liberty that you have once you're out. It's overwhelming in a good way. Because you don't know what to do. You're used to reporting here, reporting there, telling this person that. Oh, I'm here, I'm heading over here, this, this, and that. You don't got to do any of that. And for some people, they just don't know how to deal with that. Let alone, you have people that deal with mental health issues, which is something, like I said, will be brought up in topics. Everything in the military can be related into the mental health situation. Like I said, you have certain soldiers that have their head right, have no issues. But what about that depressed soldier? You already didn't afford him the amount of time needed to prepare himself to get out. Now he's depressed or anxious, dealing with stuff. He may be dealing with stuff at home, not prepared. Now he has to exit the military where everything was being taken care of for him. Now this soldier has to fend for himself. And some don't get that explained to through the VA. The VA brief, they didn't really go in depth into it. They tell you, oh, you can check out the website, which is what a lot of people in the Army do. Hey, just check out this or read this. This will let you know what you can and can't do. But it doesn't get explained. Sometimes stuff like that needs to be explained, especially when it comes to veteran affairs. If you got mental health issues, you make a claim for it, you get free care for that mental health issue. If you get prescribed medication for that issue, the VA takes care of that free of charge also. But some soldiers don't understand that. Some soldiers don't know they have that availability. And some just don't think they need it without knowing that they do need it. So it's things like that transitioning out of the military that make it difficult and not knowing those situations allows people to fall into bad places. And if you're in a bad place and now you're in a new environment, don't know what's going on, don't know the people around you, have nobody to call that's like, hey man, I'm stuck on this spot, can you come pick me up? You don't have that availability anymore. Because the camaraderie is different once you're in the military. You have friends that are family that most friends you have won't do the things that some of the soldiers that I've met or hung out with would do for you. It's a different environment. It's a different scenario. I'm lucky enough to have a family to go home to, be with, and be outside of the military with. Some soldiers don't have that. Some soldiers is just themselves trying to figure out how to facilitate, how to take care of themselves. Some, like I said, brand new kids. The kids, they don't know any better. They don't know bills. I joined at the age of 27. I knew something about bills. I knew something about living on my own, cooking on my own, stuff like that. 
a lot of these soldiers, it's not something that gets taught. They don't learn it before they get in there, which means during high school, they don't know what's going on. So it makes it a difficult situation. So we got to keep in mind that military personnel, yes, they exited the military. No matter how much time you did, no matter where you did it at, no matter if you deployed or not, you're still a veteran. Some veterans downplay that. Some civilians downplay that. You're still a veteran. You have to take care of yourself. Make sure you have a plan. For all my active duty personnel that are still in the military and are planning to exit within the next year, make sure you have a plan. Start preparing. Go to sick call. Make sure your ailments are notated. Make sure you have everything on your file, on your medical file. Make sure you have your documentation straight. Make sure you know where you're going, what your plan is, and stick to it. It'll help you on the outside world, and it becomes a lot easier. You have the freedom to do as you please, with restrictions, of course, because, you know, you can't just go all out and crazy. But you're able to do the things you need to do without having somebody on your shoulder, on your back. But remember, the plan is the most important thing. Make sure you have a plan. Make sure you are going to places. Make sure you are investing the same time you invested in yourself and the military. Make sure it's double for investing in yourself and preparing yourself for that next chapter in your life. Because all I want to do is make sure you succeed. And I want to make sure all veterans succeed. There's no reason why we should have any homeless veterans. We have the benefits. They have their entitlements. They should be receiving help. You should be prepared. Make sure you're prepared. Make sure those around you are prepared. Don't hesitate to give out information. Don't hesitate to stop people from obtaining information. It's the one thing that the military showed me. Preparation is key. That concludes our episode of Cruise Talks. We'll catch you next time on the flip side. Thanks for coming in.